1: Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a top 100 co-host all-time, Jerem Jordan.
2: I just want to be higher than Dennis Pitta. That's my main goal. But uh, we are excited to announce, and we did so on social media an hour ago, but here we are. We are doing a top 100 plays in BOA football history coming up December 12th. Oh, we're stoked about this. We did a top 50 plays show in 2013. Oh, man, this is going to blow that out of the water. Not only Much double more the plays. comprehensive. Yes, we spent several months uh, preparing this. It's not done. We're still editing it. We're still finalizing it. We're still shooting it. We're very excited about this. The time is TBD because we need to know what time the football game against San Diego State is on December 12th and the men's basketball game against Utah. So once we know that and pre- and post-game shows and stuff, we will tell you what time that is. But that is coming up December
1: 12th. BYU football top 100 plays. Kind of feels like our capstone project in 2020.
2: Well, it literally is for one of our students almost, <laughs> right? Caleb Lemming, who's awesome and, uh, you know, running, running stuff behind the scenes. But we're, we're stoked about it. It's going to be very fun December 12th.
1: Absolutely. We're stoked about our Friday show lineup as well. A man who will most definitely appear in BYU Football Top 100 Plays, Taysom Hill. The NFL headliner on Friday morning. More on Taysom time in New Orleans. Game day eve for BYU football brings all types of goodies, including a one-on-one with BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. Does anything besides a blowout margin of victory matter on Saturday? Plus an unforgettable deep blue with the guy known by many as Texas Mike. And who's the newest guy for BYU basketball? Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
2: Taysom Hill is starting Sunday for the New Orleans Saints in the place of the injured Drew Brees. Finally. ESPN's Adam Schefter broke the news this morning. It is Hill's first start at quarterback in the NFL, and first at any level, since November 26, 2016, at BYU against Utah State. Much more on Taysom Hill coming up.
1: Tomorrow, number 8, an undefeated BYU hosts FCS foe North Alabama... Maybe you've heard live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The Cougars seeking just the fourth 9-0 start in program history pregame on BYU Radio at 1 Eastern, on BYU TV at 2 Eastern, including a conversation with athletic director Tom Holmo. You won't want to miss that. The game 3 Eastern with the traditional feed as well as a second screen experience featuring yours truly, David Nixon and Mitch Matthews on the BYU TV app.
2: And this is David Nixon before he flies to New Orleans to watch the game with Taysom. BYU Men's Hoops announces another signee, 6'7", 235-pound forward Fusene Traore from Mali, who plays at Wasatch Academy. He joins Caleb Lohner and Richie Saunders as Cougar players from Wasatch. A little bit of a pipeline coming from Mount Pleasant.
1: Let's stay with BYU Basketball. ESPN has announced that the worldwide leader will cover 16 different West Coast Conference basketball games during the upcoming season, seven of which will feature the BYU Cougars. Those featured games include New Year's Eve at Pepperdine, January 14th against St. Mary's, January 16th at San Francisco, another day with Pepperdine on January 23rd, and then not surprisingly in February on the 6th at Gonzaga. Another date in Provo with St. Mary's and another senior night against Gonzaga on February 27th.
2: Yeah, ESPN uh, did not pick up any home non-conference, but they have the two games in Connecticut, USC, and then winner or loser of UConn Vanderbilt. We're still waiting for CBS Sports Network to have the next right of refusal, and then we'll know what games are on BYU TV. We'll tell you then.
1: All right. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
2: You're talking about it, and so are
0: we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: It's Taysom time, baby. Earn that money that New Orleans has invested into the Swiss Army knife at the NFL. Taysom Hill will make his first career NFL start on Sunday. Jeremy, what do you think of the decision to go with Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston to replace the injured Drew Brees in the Big Easy?
2: This has always been the plan. In-game, it would be Jameis Winston because he'd take out half the offensive packages with Taysom Hill. So, this was always the plan. If Taysom Hill was, uh, you know, if Drew Brees got hurt, that they would have an opportunity to go with Taysom later. They didn't do it last year. They had Teddy Bridgewater. I think a more proven commodity in the NFL, perhaps, than Jameis Winston. But here we are. If you're Jameis Winston, you're going, okay, well, I guess it makes sense that I only make a million dollars. Taysom Hill makes 21 mil over two years. So here we go. Taysom Hill is a proven commodity as a versatile offensive Swiss Army knife guy, special teams. But he is now on trial at quarterback. But this is exciting. He hasn't done a ton of quarterback in the NFL. He really hasn't. So this is a massive opportunity for Taysom Hill. First time since 2011 that a quarterback in the NFL uh, for, from BYU is starting a game. That's cool. He became the number one trending topic this morning, by the way, in the United States on Twitter. It's because he's Taysom. That's, it's just so unique. He's also a quarterback and tight end for fantasy. So you could start Taysom Hill at tight end and get quarterback points. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is, I mean, if you have Taysom Hill, you should do it. Jim Fredette weighed in on Twitter saying, let's go. Uh, Kevin Clark of the Ringer. Taysom Hill has four more pass attempts than tackles in his career. So this is an unproven area, right? ESPN's Mina Kime, she's great. She said, Taysom Hill's first start is football Twitter's Super Bowl. We deserve this. <laughs> and then she added... Flex Falcon Saints to Sunday night or we riot. Ooh, <laughs> That isn't happening. No. Uh, Taysom Hill's numbers, by the way, including the playoffs. Passing. 11 of 20. Mm-hmm. 255 yards. One pick. He does not have a touchdown pass. So, this but he's is, run for multiple this, and he's caught multiple. Right. This is new ground as a quarterback. It's exciting to see. Hopefully he does really well.
1: Exciting is the word. I am so excited for Taysom Hill. He has waited a long time for this. And he feels like he is 100% ready. You and I were under the impression on Monday, like most NFL analysts, based on what happened on Sunday when Jameis Winston came in to replace Drew Brees, that the Saints were going to do what they did last year with Teddy Bridgewater.
2: They didn't.
1: And they didn't.
2: Ron Howard's voice, of course. When we
1: found out David Nixon was flying to New Orleans... Things changed a little bit.
2: Hmm.
1: Why Why, why the out-of-the-blue trip to New Orleans? He must
2: be a real big fan of Jameis Winston. It's
1: because Taysom Hill is getting his first career NFL start. Yeah, excited is the word. I don't know what I expect from Taysom Hill. I don't know what to expect from Sean Payton's play calling. I think it's going to be this... Array of different looks and packages, and there's going to be some wildcat, and there will be some quick throws, and there will be.
2: There won't be wildcat, right? He's just the quarterback. It
1: might be a scenario where Taysom Hill is flexed out as the receiver, and Jameis Winston comes in.
2: Like... I don't anticipate seeing that. Very However,
1: much. I did see on Twitter this morning that the Saints are not anticipating including Jameis Winston I... in any packages. No, there
2: won't be any wildcat because he's just the quarterback, right? You don't
1: think he's going to run at all? No it's, not, design, it's No, no design run. It's runs. not
2: Wildcat when he's the quarterback. Wildcat is when a running back plays quarterback and just goes. That's Wildcat. So, yeah, it'll be fun. I don't expect Jameis to be in there at all. That's why they're starting Taysom. Let's go. Topic two. Does anything matter more than the margin of victory in tomorrow's BYU North Alabama game?
1: To the national analyst, absolutely not. One thing matters. And we've talked about this whenever BYU's played a team they are heavily favored against. The East Coast people, granted this game's in the afternoon, but everybody across the country is going to look at one thing, the final score. Yeah. Oh, BYU won 55-17? to Okay, next. What happens next for BYU? they got a game with San Diego State on December 12th. Everybody with a national lens will be looking at the score and the score only. Maybe Zach Wilson's stats, if you're the Heisman committee.
2: I don't think it's maybe. I think it's definitely.
1: Okay, so looking at Zach Wilson's stats, but again, there's not much he can do to help his Heisman resume against this team.
2: Yeah, he can eight touchdowns.
1: <laughs> He's not going to play that long, right?
2: Get it done in the first half.
1: <laughs> eight touchdown passes it, in the first half. Get it done in the first against half. a team that likes to slow it down.
2: Yeah, well, if you're listen, if North Alabama can move the ball a little bit, then they can do that.
1: Hopefully if BYU's defense doesn't allow that.
2: If it's a three and out, you can't slow anything down. The only thing you slowed was your uh, your point total, right? I, I think health is uh, the only other thing you could, that could match. Margin and that, of victory. that's
1: even more of a local perspective, right?
2: Well, no. Uh, well, no. If Zach Wilson gets hurt, this is Luke Staley a one. What I'm saying is, national analysts are
1: not worried about Zach Wilson getting hurt against North Alabama. That's not on the oh, radar.
2: No, no, no. I'm not worried about what they worry about. I'm just saying what what could matter more sure. than margin of victory. Coaches, if, Zach yeah. Wilson, if Zach Wilson got hurt in this game because he played too long or freak injury or whatever, and hopefully you know, no one wants to get I don't want anyone hurt. That would be a bigger story than anything that could happen in the game. So hopefully everyone's good, healthy, play the game, play your best game. Kalani Sitake, and Roderick, Jeff Grimes, the rhetoric this week has been we need to play the perfect game, the, uh, a clean game, uh, those kind of things. So basically don't turn it over. Execute at a high level. Get a, a good get a good win. Get a, a, a big win, and then move on. That's all. I, and nobody get hurt. Let's go. No, either team. Nobody get hurt. Let's go.
1: For BYU, take care of business. Get to nine and zero for the fourth time in history. That will win the headline. For I mean, BYU's highlights are going to be on ESPN, and it's going to be on BYU TV, which is fantastic, right?
2: I hope there's like no headline. It's just that BYU won. I hope there's nothing else besides that.
1: BYU does what they are expected
2: to do. Joey wins big. They win by that's, 47 that's, that's points. That's what I hope it is. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Or if it Zach Wilson had eight touchdowns or something.
1: Meanwhile, Jerem, the Pac-12 continues to be a headline across college football, but mm-hmm. probably not for reasons the conference is very excited about. They put out their protocols yesterday. <laughs>
2: they shouldn't have put it out if they weren't excited about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for including non-conference games. And it includes, in that list, a scenario where A non-conference team schedules a game with a Pac-12 team, yet another Pac-12 team has a cancellation and becomes available by Thursday, then good riddance to that non-conference setup, and we're going to go with the Pac-12 game as long as it's done by Thursday. It just feels way too complicated. Also, the teams have to abide by the Pac-12 COVID-19 testing protocols, which are very stringent.
2: Yes, and only Pac-12 home games with Pac-12 TV partners. Yeah. Crazy. So, so ESPN Fox, Pac-12. No.
1: Well, BYU was asked about that. ESPN College Football Insider Heather Dinich reporting, a BYU school spokesman told me today, BYU remains open to exploring options to add football games this season with schools from any conference playing non-league games, including the Pac-12, and will evaluate week to week. Jeremy, is it even worth it now? Should BYU try to jump through the Pac-12 hoops, all the red tape, in an effort to schedule a Power 5 game?
2: No, I didn't want it before it was easy. Uh, When it was easy. And now it's not easy. When it seemed easy? Yes. uh, Those protocols are ridiculous. Uh, Oh, you got to meet our protocols. It's got to be at home for us. It's got to be on one of our TV networks, which if it's at home, then it's one of your TV networks. And then, uh, yeah. Oh, and it could be canceled Thursday if we have two teams. No, this is stupid. BYU-Utah is not going to happen. And BYU against Back 12 team isn't going to happen. So, no. 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 I didn't want it before. And now it's quite complicated, and if you have an opinion on it, and I know Ben Criddle does, uh, it's very interesting. It's
1: just too much. It's yeah. too much. And Cougar Stats tweeted out, and I paraphrase yes, from yesterday, the Pac-12 conference continues to <laughs> decrease their value by overvaluing what the conference is actually worth.
2: Yeah. I still love the Pac-12. I still want BYU to be in the league, but they have some weird things going on with all of this. And, it it's complicated but it kind of boils down to uh you know if if your area in the country is of a certain way of thought you are more conservative or more aggressive on all this stuff and in order to play the Pac-12 had to figure out some things that hey we're still maintaining safety as our primary thing but there is some frustration uh against the rigidity of that from certain fans players coaches some. right some <laughs> like all all these tell you to like how do we not play like yeah, the it, it's it's not the teams, you know, that are the ones that are Aren't the most frustrated? They're the most frustrated. They want to play, and I would like to see the Pac-12 play. I feel bad for Utah that they haven't had a single game yet. I kind of love it because here BYU is thriving while the Pac-12 is struggling. I don't want. I wish everyone had played the same amount of games so we could really see where BYU fits in college football right
1: now. Well, hopefully Utah gets that game with USC and we finally have a chance to see what Utah can do against a two and USC team that is sneaking by. And even then, it's
2: one game. Like. If you'd only seen BYU UTSA, you'd think BYU wasn't a top ten team, right? So I, I want to see several. Ga- I want to see like five games from Utah to assess. Who that.
1: wants a Pac-12 game with that type of stringent protocol in place? What that's what which, I don't know.
2: Which, by the way,
1: which non-conference team is like, oh yeah, we'll do whatever. We'll put ourselves an through FCS just that craziness.
2: wants an FCS that wants money. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Okay. So an FCS, that, but does the Pac-12 have money to pay an FCS school?
2: I don't, I don't know. Oh. Maybe not. I, BYU tests three times a week, by the way. Not and enough the, for the 12 and, Pac- and the 12. Pac-12 thinks that's not enough. Not enough. That's not enough? It's crazy. Three times a week? Every day? Is that what they're doing? And
1: they wonder why all of these games are getting canceled.
2: How do they think that
1: seven games were going to fit into Listen, seven weeks I with don't, that?
2: I don't even want to do the dishes every day, let alone COVID testing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> aye, aye,
1: aye. Okay, on to something happier. We do the dishes. Taysom Hill making his first start for the New Orleans Saints. Our question of the day, what are your expectations for Mr. Taysom in his first NFL start? Let's go to Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation.
1: Sarah Bobo answers on Facebook. He's ready to impress. I think we will see an impressive performance from Taysom in his first NFL start. I don't know exactly what to expect expect, rather, since he's so versatile and fans will always find something to complain about. But I think it will be impressive and fun. End quote.
2: At Dan Martone Tried to take your advice, someone beat me to taste him to play a tight end. He'll <laughs> be a fantasy boon. I'm because, playing
1: against the person that has Taysom yeah, Hill at tight end.
2: Because you'd think he'd get at least, you know, twenty ish points, if not thirty, right? If he has a big game. So let's go, baby. Okay, coming up, who to root for this weekend?
1: And besides a win, what is BYU's offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes wanting on Saturday from Zach Wilson and company? Go one-on-one with the Yo coordinator next. This is BYU
0: Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans
2: everywhere. in North Alabama, Live tomorrow, 3 Eastern, right here on BOE TV, BYU Radio, of course. The game will also feature a second-screen experience stream on the BYU TV app with commercial-free conversation from Spencer Linton, David Nixon, and Mitch Matthews. The game will also re- be rebroadcast at 1 a.m. Eastern. 12.
1: We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the co-host of the year, Jerem Jordan.
2: Really? I didn't know I You've got been
1: that. upgrading from top 100. It's
2: very exciting. I'm probably not the one the, of the year again. Okay, this season, the uh, Cougar offense has really taken off, sitting in the top 10 uh, in points and yards per game. big part of that, Offense Coordinator Jeff Grimes in his third year at the helm. Here's my conversation with Jeff on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. All right, Jeff. Uh, we're almost to game day, which is great, but do you like bye weeks in season? Uh, what, what, do you, what do you like doing during a bye week versus a game
3: week? Um, no, to answer your first question, I don't like bi-weeks. I find myself incredibly bored. And to be honest with you, sometimes a little bit depressed, <laughs> seriously, be, i mean, I, I love, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate. I love my job. I love the kids that I coach. I love, I love the guys that I work with. And so I, I enjoy what I do every day. And certainly there's still, there are still things to do on a bye week but it's not the same. Uh, sense of urgency that you operate with when you're playing a game, and so yeah, it, it's it's a little bit um, a little bit less intense. And then the other thing I think is, you know, when you're rolling and you're playing well, you kind of want to keep playing. You know, you want to maintain your rhythm and keep your mojo going. And so sometimes when you have a bye week, you you lose a little bit of that. But um, you know, I think it's been really good for our players to have a little bit of time to to recover from some of the some of the bumps and bruises that they've gained along the way. And I feel like we've had a, a good week of practice and players' legs look just a little bit fresher. And and uh, I really don't think we lost much with the, with the time off.
2: A follow-up on the bye weeks, then we'll talk about North Alabama. After Saturday, you're going to have one game in the next four weeks. Now, there could be a game added. We don't know at this point, right? But uh, what is what does that mean for the program in terms of, yeah, you want to keep playing and rolling, but you kind of don't have a choice. You'll have San Diego State on December 12th
3: yeah you know I think one of the strengths of this team has been that we've made the both the best of both types of scenarios when we've had to play fast and play several weeks in a row or when we've had time off, even when we've had unexpected time off and i would go I'd go back even to the time when we were quarantined and our players were away from us for a period of time. I think our guys made the most of that situation, and you know something I said a number of times. As we, as we started fall camp, is that my hope was and my feeling was that we would be ahead of some other programs for two reasons. One, we have a lot of experience coming back. Two, the type of individual that we have on our team is the type of guy that's self-motivated, um, has the, the ability to push himself, even maybe when he's working out in his garage or he's going to run at the park. Or watching film on his own. And so even going way back to then, I think I think we've been a team that's shown that we can make the best of whatever scenario is placed in front of us. Um, so um this will just be another one of those where it'll be unusual. Of course, we'll have the Thanksgiving holiday and that'll be some good some good time to spend with family, again, some time to to uh to rest up and then and then we'll get after it again and get ready for a for another good opponent.
2: Okay, North Alabama has not won a game, but they've played two FBS teams tough, and one of those was Liberty. Uh, we're only down 7 nothing at half, haven't allowed a point uh, in the first quarter. So what sticks out about the Lions' defense?
3: Yeah, they've got some talent. They've got um, a lot of size, particularly up front, a lot of really big physical defensive linemen. Their defensive tackles will be as big as anybody that we've played this year, Bigger, bigger than most, maybe the biggest that we've seen. Um, some some real link, that defensive end that can present some problems for you. And so um, it'll be a nice a nice challenge for our offensive line to to uh, square off against a bunch of big guys. And, you know, we've got a bunch of big guys too. And so we'll be looking forward to the challenge.
2: They like to, to slow the game down and limit possessions. Liberty only had 58 plays. So is this a situation where you may want to take the ball if you win the coin toss?
3: Well, that's something that we talk about each week. Typically, we like to defer um, for a couple of reasons. One, um, traditional thinking is that that second half start is really important. And that gives you one more possession in the second half, hopefully. Um, and then we have a lot of confidence in our defense. And if our defense can stop someone and give us a short field and and play with with good field position early, then I think that's, that's uh, positive for us. And so... Uh, that's something that we that we do as a general rule, um, and you know you're going to get the ball one way or the other um, at the beginning of a half, and so we'll take it whichever whichever one uh, coach decides to go with.
2: We're talking with offensive coordinator Jeff Graham's on BYU Sports Nation. I wanted to pick your brain about success and how it's handled. So you're the offensive line coach on a bunch of good good teams. The best team, perhaps the 2010 Auburn team, where you win the national championship. What is it about success and either ignoring or embracing that that you can leverage and help a team with, in particularly this team that's in the top ten?
3: Well, um, on the on the teams that I've that I've been a part of where we've had success, and I and I have referenced that team to to our offense here as we've talked this year and a couple other teams that I've been a part of. I think the thing that that sticks out to me about those teams is that you have the, the ability to recognize when you're in the middle of something special. And because of that, you recognize that every week the game gets a little bit bigger. And so your competitive spirit and your, your willingness to fight, to hang on to what you have that, that undefeated record um, brings out the best in you. And then I think, on the flip side, you have the, the capacity to say anything that we've done prior to this really doesn't mean anything in regards to this game. I heard Zach say not long ago, um, none of that matters if we don't keep winning. And that's so true. And, and I've said every week to our players, our record is zero and zero right now. We're playing a one-week season, and all that matters is the, is the task at hand this week. And I think our players have really embraced that. And that's been the case with, with the best offenses and the best teams that I've been a part of in the past. And I'm really proud of how our guys have, have been able to handle that this year.
2: Zach Wilson's elevation from a sophomore to a junior has been incredible. He's in the Heisman conversation with everybody, top five everywhere, which is really fun. It's been a long time since BYU had a guy this late in the season in that situation. What role do you play, if any, in helping, of course, the team win, but also Zach in this pursuit, which helps the program as well?
3: What role do I have with Zach in particular? Is that the question?
2: In the Heisman conversation, because obviously you want to win every game, but is there a situation where you're trying to help him on this pursuit in the meantime as well?
3: Well, I think what, you know, our job as coaches is to help all of our players be the best players they can possibly be. And then any... Any awards or acclaim that might come to, to individuals or groups comes as a result of playing their best and performing their best. And so, um, you know, the the message that I've tried to to send home to Zach every week is just to focus on being the best player he can be that particular week, that particular series. And really, I've got to give most of the credit to. To Aaron, to Coach Roderick, I think he's done a tremendous job preparing him each week and putting him in in the best position to to make plays and make decisions. Um, but I think you know the biggest thing for us as coaches is just to recognize that our job is to take take something in a in a player and bring him from where he is to something even a little bit more than that, and and hopefully something. Maybe even a little bit more than he recognized he could be, and you know Zach's one of those kids that's always been uh, very very confident. But one of the things I've been really impressed with um, in regards to his his um, his outlook on this year is how he's stayed humble and he's been a great teammate, and he really hasn't allowed any of that hype to get to him. And I've seen a lot of players in that position, particularly towards the end of the season, where it began to impact how they played and how they um, related to their teammates. And I haven't seen that at all with Zach and and really quite the opposite. So really impressed with his humility and his work ethic. And, and, you know, I guess my biggest role has been, if anybody asks me, I just tell them that he, he certainly deserves to be in the conversation and I've only been around one other quarterback that, that has had a season like this. And that guy won the Heisman. So yeah, I think he ought to be there.
2: Yeah, he's absolutely saying and doing the right things. Uh, let's finish with this, Jeff. Besides winning, what are your goals for Saturday against North Alabama?
3: To play our best game. That's that's the thing that I keep pressing our guys towards every week. And that's one thing that that we hit them hard with on Monday after taking a week where we didn't do a lot of practicing. The players did more lifting and running. We as coaches spent a lot of time doing some self-scout, self-evaluation, and took a deep dive into – Uh, looking at what we've done this season and how we can improve and and we found that like any good organization there are still a lot of ways we can improve and we're leaving a lot of yards and points on the field at times and there are a lot of things that we can do better and so we've pressed our players to try to make this their best week of preparation and and hopefully go out and play the best game that we've played as as an offense this saturday
2: well, we're certainly looking forward to Game 9 on BYU TV and, of course, BYU Radio. Jeff, we appreciate the time. Hey, you got it, man.
1: BYU Offensive Coordinator Jeff Grimes with Jerem Jordan one-on-one on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how.
2: I wonder if his play calling uh, affects, uh, you know, him. Zach Wilson's Heisman campaign affects his play calling. That's one thing I wonder. Also, I was looking at the numbers this morning of BYU's jump from year 1-2-3 uh, to three now. If BYU football, specifically the offense, was a Major League Baseball player, I would wonder if it was on steroids. Because look at the jump of 16.7 points per game from last year to this year. That's pretty incredible. It's kind of like Brady Anderson, 95 to 96. You have to bring up my Baltimore Orioles. It's not the team, it's just Brady. 16 homers to 50, and then down to like 20. So... Uh, I'm not saying BYU is doing anything nefarious. What I'm saying is the improvement from BYU is notable. There was a more winnable schedule, and the combination of those two has been explosive in an awesome way for the BYU offense. It's been pretty cool to see.
1: You know what else Jeff Grimes' play-calling affects this season? His status and... Uh,
2: Head coachability?
1: Perhaps. Or After being season? an offensive coordinator. He's just becoming more and more... Um, desirable for other schools
2: and, and let's be fair to the situation when there is a, a person who is a coordinator it does not necessarily mean they are the play caller in every instance because we know that Aaron Roderick is heavily involved in this process that Fessy Sataki is involved as well you know who else was uh play caller for like I don't know six years at Southern Utah Steve Clark so there are a lot of great minds on this sure. staff let's not Abs- act like no, no no absolutely it's one guy whether that's Grimes a reddit Grimes has done an awesome job of collaborating with these guys and figuring out what's best.
1: No question. Yeah. That said, when his name is said on TV, he just by nature takes most of the credit for what BYU's offense is doing. It's not fair all he, the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah,
2: because he but, has the title, but absolutely.
1: he's got the title and he's taking the credit. No, absolutely. Right?
2: That's yeah. the case with Deep Blue. I do very little, but I'm the executive producer. <laughs> they do. It. The production team does all the work. They do all the work. You credit. get all the credit. And Speaking of, coming up. No, I don't want the credit. They get the credit. <laughs> An inspirational deep blue about a former player who only had one tackle at BYU, but it meant everything.
1: And which BYU opponents or teams out on the schedule can do the Cougars the biggest favor this weekend? It's the latest edition of The Rootables. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management.
2: Cougar Pregame Live begins tomorrow, 1 Eastern, with Jason Shepard, Ryan Nelson, Greg Rebell, Mitchell Jurgens. I promise Jason's on the show. I know he's not in the photo. We're working on it. Listen to both Cougar Pregame Live uh, and the BYU North Alabama game live on BYU Radio. Uh,
1: I just had this thought. There is a chance, and I know it's minute, but there is a chance that BYU will have two quarterbacks in the NFL. Playing games next season. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty wild.
2: Yes. It's been a we'll long time. See what happens time. with Zach. Yep.
1: It's been a long time.
2: Yeah. Could they possibly be on the same team?
1: <laughs> no way. He is Jerem. Well, well there well, is a way. I just don't think it's gonna happen. He is Jeremiah Spencer. If Taysom's not that great, <laughs> then Zach could be. <laughs> Loaded Friday edition of BYU Sports Nation happening. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems.
2: Hopefully, Taysom Mills is amazing. Yeah, let's go. Okay, if you're the BYU coaches, are you planning on not having Zach Wilson in the half?
1: No, I think Zach Wilson will play at least one or two series in the third quarter. They want to keep him fresh. Remember, BYU right now doesn't have another game until December 12th.
2: Yeah, two weeks.
1: And he's got a Heisman campaign going. Pad the stats a little bit help the cause, and understand he's not going to play for three weeks unless BYU goes out and gets another game.
2: Now, here's the key. The BYU offensive line does, has done a really nice job of keeping him protected. He's not been sacked very much. He's not been touched. He's not been hit. Um, and he's, he is not crazy aggressive in running just at the goal line. So I, I'm hoping they can't predetermine that, of course, but I'm hoping he doesn't play a ton in the second half if BYU is up. It all depends on the margin of that point.
1: Like you said, just throw eight touchdown passes in the first half, and throw it's all eight. good.
2: Throw eight in the first. It's all good. Check that box. Set a BYU
1: record. Jerem, do you want the fourth-string quarterback, the scout team star, Jacob Conover, a four-star recruit out of Arizona, Gunnar Romney's high school quarterback, do you want to see him play tomorrow?
2: I do. I will be by him like a hawk To if they let me. I don't know if they'll let me. I'm the sideline reporter. We don't, we don't even know where I can go right now. Uh, I hope so. I don't know that he's prepared with plays in the game because he's typically the scout squad guy. So he's not prepping BYU's offense. He's prepping the opponent.
1: I don't know how many series there are going to be for the BYU backup quarterbacks if it gets out of control early and the game really comes to a screeching halt like it often does in the second half. There might only be like, Four or five total series without Zach Wilson in there. I would imagine that.
2: Well, that's if North Alabama moving the ball.
1: Two or three go to Zach Wilson, or sorry, to Baylor Romney, and then where's J Maiava going to come in? I'd like to see him play.
2: Sol- J Maiava-Peters is the third string.
1: I don't know that we're going to see him. I'd like to, but I don't think we will.
2: Yeah. Okay, and the next one starts with a stat of the day.
0: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day.
2: Taysom Hill has 205 NFL career passing yards in the regular season. In the NFL, you typically don't add the playoff stuff. So will Taysom Hill surpass that number Sunday? I hope
1: so, for his sake. I hope there's a touchdown pass in there. Hopefully not a turnover. And if there is...
2: I'm saying 205 passing.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I don't know. He'll probably have... 250 total yards but I don't know how he's going to get there
2: that's it that's not a lot in the NFL
1: <sighs> how much are they going like, to run with Alvin like Pat- Kamara if Alvin Kamara is not healthy then absolutely Taysom Hill is going to pass for more than 205 yards if Alvin Kamara is healthy they might hand it off a ton
2: yeah if you're yeah the Saints typically are a sub uh you know or 400 plus yard kind of offense so hopefully he's two 200 and then like yeah 50 250 50 would be nice but yeah, if you, if you don't throw for 300 in an NFL game, it's like, what, what happened with the passing? It's just a different era. Mm.
1: BYU will play nine games on ESPN this college basketball season. We outlined the seven in West Coast Conference play and have a number of games still open for CBS Sports to come in and take if they so choose. If yep. not, it falls to BYU TV. Jerem, which games are we hoping CBS Sports Network does not take so that BYU TV can do their thing?
2: I'm not going to say so they don't know. Because if we say it out loud, maybe they'll take No, <laughs> I imagine that Boise State, which the Mountain West has a relationship with CBS, CBS Sports Network in football and basketball. I imagine that will go in non-con. And then uh, conference, they'll just take some of the next best. But we'll be here no matter what. That, that was part of independence. We're here to make sure there are national games at BSPN. And in this case now, if CBS Sports Network broadcasts uh, them.
1: And how much does the COVID-19 scenario impact networks being Less inclined to do some bigger games on the schedule it makes you wonder.
2: I think they're more inclined to do so. They need the money.
1: maybe, maybe.
2: Yeah,
1: there's that game against Utah out there, Durham.
2: Oh yeah, that one. It's floating out there. Shh, be quiet. We want, <laughs> we <want> that one. <laughs>
1: on to the rootables. Each and every week, we look at which college football teams can do BYU a favor by winning or losing their respective game in a week. They are presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Leading off the rootables this week, clear number one, Jerem. UCF against number seven, Cincinnati. The Golden Knights are home in Orlando.
2: Let's go. They are
1: healthy. Their quarterback is playing better than he has all season. This will be a significant test for Cincinnati. If UCF wins this game, BYU becomes... The team, the non-Power 5 yes. team that everybody's talking about.
2: Yeah, Dylan Gabriel, let's go. Uh, that game's at one thirty. It's during the BYU game. You, you and I are busy. Dang it. I was hoping this would be later.
1: Oh, during the second screen experience, you better believe I'm going to have my third screen open yes. and we'll be tracking this game because it will be a talking point for David Nixon and Mitch Matthews in the grand
2: scheme of things for yeah, BYU. totally. I will not have the same leeway, unfortunately. Yeah, go, uh, go UCF. I want Cincy out of... The way for BYU to be the best non power five, that's what I would like.
1: The second game to keep an eye on tomorrow is a sneaky one. Ohio State and number nine Indiana. Indiana's
2: number nine. How about that?
1: If Indiana pulls off a miracle, things are gonna get really complicated for the college football playoff committee. Yes. And within the Big Ten. It's gonna get it's, just
2: jumbled. It's in the shoe. Indiana's not winning this game. I know.
1: I don't think Indiana's gonna win. I don't win think this
2: Indiana would win this game like anywhere.
1: Honestly, it's better. Ohio if,
2: State by fourteen.
1: It's better if Ohio State just crushes Indiana. Because then another team that's right behind BYU now yeah. drops back. And BYU is less likely to get leapfrogged yes. if Indiana loses big to Ohio State.
2: Yes. Northwestern's 4 0. They're not a threat to really They're number 18. do that. Do anything there. Wisconsin's kind of sneaky. Freshman quarterback. Yeah. Honestly,
1: um, I I'm rooting for Northwestern in that game against Wisconsin. There's not
2: a lot of like the Indiana looks like the second-best uh, Big Ten team because Penn State's own 4 Michigan's 1-3, Michigan State's 1-3. Maryland's in third place in the Big Ten East at 2-1. and 1. Oh, that's just gross. Maryland. I'll send
1: out my full list of rootables on Twitter later yeah. today, but those are the top two games okay. tomorrow to keep in mind for BYU.
2: Okay, coming up, prop picks for BYU and North Alabama.
1: Plus, Deep Blue is an absolute cannot miss. The man recorded one tackle at BYU, and it was
0: everything for him. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: BYU Hoops back next week. Pope Show Tuesday night. Then we have Westminster uh, Wednesday New Orleans Friday, Utah Valley, excuse me, Thursday, and then uh, Saturday we have Utah Valley. It's all next week, plus countdown to tip off 30 minutes before each game. We're very excited about that 730 Eastern Wednesday night. Tips us up.
1: Welcome back on a Friday, game day eve for BYU football. BYU Sports Nation is live in Studio B. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. You may have never heard the name Mike Nascimento, but after you see this, you won't forget it. Mike Nascimento broke his back as a teenager and was told he might not be able to tie his shoes again, let alone play football at BYU. Well, he proved them wrong. He's, here's Deep Blue, presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help.
4: So I was the last to be picked in every sport. My nickname was Bones because I was 5'10", 115 pounds. His nickname was Bones because that's all he was... was- it was a little bit of flesh and bones, but mostly bones. Not a lot of flesh. So freshman football was kind of a hilarious moment. We actually were 0-9 for the season. Uh, we weren't good at all. We, we were terrible. So, so the score was 0-0, to very last game of the year. B team is a freshman cornerback, uh, and the quarterback knew who I was, and he started to try and pick on me, and he threw it two times under these two wild passes. And sure enough, the next throw he had, he wobbled that thing up in the air, and I just went straight for it, beat the receiver to the ball, and it took it about 55 yards for a touchdown. I don't believe it. So we won that game 6 to 0. It was actually the only game we won that year. We couldn't even score an extra point.
5: We were just screaming and shouting and yelling and just so excited about it. Did you get it? On- I got it. On there. And I I thought to myself, well, he's in. He's going to be doing well for Marshall.
6: Well, you know, you're you're sitting there thinking, okay, freshman year leads to either JV or a potential varsity opportunity. And, you know, so many things went not according to plan, uh, at least for Mike. Mike. it was all about the fact that there had been whiplash in the van and where Mike was seated just it hit it just right he had a broken back
5: he just looked so skinny and it looked like it was a lot of pain and and it, it used to it it always made me very sad because I knew he wanted to play football
4: I know people felt sorry for me you know I could feel that I could feel that like my parents didn't know what to do
5: and the coaches are all telling him, Mike, you're never gonna be able to play football again. You're never gonna be able to play football again. Everybody's telling him you can't, you can't, you can't.
4: I mean, that's all I thought about. And, and it's hard not to think about it because you're in pain all day long. That's all you feel is pain.
6: I was like, there's no way that it can be this bad. But then when I had to watch him put on this brace all the time, I had to watch him not be able to play it. I had to watch him not even be able to participate in like, you know, uh, silly little church activities and just something kind of just awakened
4: in me. And I realized that no matter what happened, I could do whatever it took to make my dreams a reality. So after the brace came off, the doctor said we can go in for surgery and we're gonna fuse three your vertebrae together, the one above and the one below. And I thought, okay, cool, let's have the surgery. And then after that, I'll be able to play football then, right? He said, no. He's like, you'll be lucky if you'll to tie your shoes. He
1: goes, no, I want to play football. And then he starts getting into a
4: fight with his doctor. I'm like, I'm not going to go in for surgery if it means I'm not going to have the life I used to have. And he said, there's another way, but, but you're never going to do
5: it. And the doctor's looking, I'm like, Mike, you'd have to do 500 slow sit-ups before I'd ever let you on the football field again. And we went home. And he didn't have to wear the bob anymore, but he, um, he started doing sit-ups.
6: So it started out with X number of sit-ups. It's like full crunches. Once Mike got to the point where he could do however many sit-ups they told him were required, he increased it on his own. And then he put weights on his chest. It seemed ridiculous at times. You look at the kid, and he was sitting over there doing sit-ups. It's like, good gosh, man, give it a rest. He couldn't give it a rest. He knew what he wanted after the
3: sit-ups. You know, he wasn't the best athlete, but he worked at it and became a self-made athlete. So, you know, I have a lot of praise for his efforts and what he did.
6: Determined to be a force, determined to make things happen, wasn't afraid of work. I don't know when the switch flipped and he decided, I could probably go be a college athlete, broken
4: back or not. I literally walked into the coach's office April of my junior year, and I said, my name's Mike Nascimento, I want to play football for BYU. I was focused on boise state thursday night game espn game i'm suiting up i'm getting on the field
0: on boise state side they got an explosive offense they're the top they were
4: scoring a lot of points so i was on the field a lot and i was on punt cover nate solberg starting cornerback he was coming from the right side he came through missed and I was right there. My first and only tackle playing football for BYU, that validated all the work that I put in for the seven, eight years leading up to that tackle in the snow. That tackle, that moment will always be mine. It was about me being hit by a drunk driver when I was 14.
6: It's a mindset that he carries that very few people have, that no one will dictate what's coming next for him. That was his reward.
4: I go run stadiums
6: once a week, and every time I go to the stadium,
4: I know exactly where my tackle was, and I'm like, that's it? And, like, I feel so much energy when I'm there. It's like BYU, that stadium, that field. It kind of winks at me and says, you know, you were glad you were here. (laughs) I mean, I know it sounds weird, but it's like, That's why we are here to make stories like yours reality.
1: How amazing are sports?
2: It gets me, right? We all have that experience in Lavelle Edwards Stadium <clears throat> in some capacity. I'm really emotional right now watching that. I've seen that story 20 times, uh, and it gets me every time. Uh, we had a lot of great reaction from people. People love yeah. that one. At Brady Papenga, this guy was my workout partner in my gray shirt year in 2001. He and I worked and competed like crazy with one another. He was huge in helping me get myself back in shape after two years off. And then Isaiah Kafusi. Uh, linebacker on the team now. I'm grateful for guys like Mike Nascimento and Kyle Marill. I've never met them personally, but know they laid the foundation for our program. I'm grateful for all our alumni. Their legacy lives on through us. Go Cougs. There's a life lesson absolutely to be learned there. And uh, Mike Nascimento, pretty special. You see
1: what it means to just that one moment, everything he was building for that moment. By it?
2: the way, if you have a great idea for Deep Blue, just tweet at me. You know who gave us the idea for the Mike Nascimento story? John, by the way. Perfect. John, by the way, texted me one night, and I go, oh, that sounds pretty good. So uh, awesome for Mike. And uh, tweet at me if you got a great idea. Let's tell great stories. Coming up, a few rise and shout-outs you will not want. Plus,
1: prop picks for North Alabama at BYU. It's time to take some risks if we're going to catch Jason
0: Shepard. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: <laughs> yes, it is.
0: This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation's Rising Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU
1: Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. We'll download the podcast. Let's get the prop picks brought to you by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Jason Shepard with a four-point lead over Jerem and myself. It's time to take some risks, my friend. Number one, will there be more Zach Wilson rushing touchdowns against North Alabama or Baylor-Romney touchdown passes? Push. I am taking a push here as well. Okay, combined effort here. Jason is going with Zach Wilson on the over rushing touchdowns. Okay,
2: more points scored for BYU in the first and third or second and fourth?
1: I'm going to go first and third quarters here. Okay. I will be has been great in the second quarter.
2: Jason says the same. I say second and fourth just to be done.
1: Okay. Number three, more J Maiava-Peters pass attempts, Sione Finau touchdowns, or Baylor-Romney touchdown passes.
2: Finau touchdowns. Yes. They'll get a lot of runs. I'm with you. Unintended.
1: Finau touchdowns. Jason Shepard is going with Baylor-Romney.
2: Over-under, 55 points for Brigham.
1: Over. I want BYU to do something that we don't think they can do against a slow-paced team.
2: I say over. BYU scored 42 in an FCS game, max with the More. Okay. Top 10 offense. Let's go.
1: Jason says under. Okay, number five. More BYU punts or interceptions by the BYU defense. I'll go picks. It's hilarious that I actually have to contemplate this. That's how good BYU's offense has been. (laughs) I'm going to go push here. Okay. And Jason says more punts. Which surprises me. Typically, he's going after interceptions or something more aggressive. And it's paid off for him. Our question of the day, what are your expectations for Taysom Hill in his first NFL start? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Cougar Chaps on Twitter says, just win, baby, and serve a healthy dose of crow to all the critics up in arms about his age. Thirty.
2: Today's rising and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU fan named Terry Wolf Ingalls died in a bicycle accident yesterday. She was a regular listener to the show and love the Cougars. Uh, in fact, she would take her family to BYU volleyball games at UC Irvine and uh, Pepperdine. So we're thinking about uh, the Ingalls family today.
1: Absolutely. And uh, my rise and shout-out goes to a BYU Sports Nation loyal fan. Her name is Amy Jones, a.k.a. Ames Flames, who reminded us to look for the small joys in life. She tweeted, 36 weeks pregnant with twins is hard. Spent the night in the hospital for high blood pressure and dehydration. Came home this morning tired and discouraged. Then I turned on SN and laughed for an hour while basking in BYU football being eight and zero and number eight. Life is good. Hashtag #HashtagGoku's
2: best of luck, Amy. We uh, we love you. Okay, thanks to today's guest, BYU's offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. Conversation continues twenty four seven on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag #BYUS.
1: For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Mike Nascimento. We thank you for joining us today. Coming up after BYU Sports Nation, join us for a spe- special message of hope and healing from President Russell M. Nelson of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This will be broadcast on both BYUtv and BYU Radio in two minutes. Please join us in listening to President Nelson next.